0: Sweating tears, I done put a lot in. You at the top, I'ma need the top spot then. That's the rock, have court shots. Popping Vampino at the plate, I'ma have to call my shot then. Breaking news, any league that you watching Pop coaching, Mr. Green, got him flocking start, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, then start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot then
1: Welcome back. To another episode of the Stir the Pop Podcast. This is episode five, and I have an extremely special episode that I know you guys are going to enjoy. But it is Mother's Day, and for that, I want to give a huge shout out to all the moms and stepmoms out there, grandmas, great grandmas. We love you guys, and we are extremely appreciative for everything you do. And in particular, I want to shout out my mom. Mom, I love you and I for sure wouldn't be here without you. Also, if you haven't heard or you were living under a rock, the Stir the Pop podcast officially released their first t-shirt this past week. You can still order those shirts. So if you'd like to buy a shirt and support the show, let me know. And also, I just wanna say thank you to everybody that has supported the show, bought a shirt, plans to buy a shirt, or just anything like that, thank you. It really means a lot to me. And I wish I can explain and let you guys know how much it means. I mean, I was overwhelmed with the number of people that have expressed that they wanted to support. So we put together an idea for a t-shirt and we thought that would be a good way for you guys to show your support for the show and get a cool t-shirt to wear. So for, like I said, all the people that have bought a shirt or plan to buy a shirt, thank you. It really means the world to me. So, like I said... I got a really cool show for you guys. It's only a one interview show. It lasts about 40 minutes, but it's with two guys that I think are extremely cool, guys that I know extremely well, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So I don't want to delay this process any further. Let's get to
0: it. Blood, sweat, and tears, I done put a lot in. You at the top, I'ma need the top spot then. That's the rock, half court shots, poppin'. Bambino at the plate, I'ma have to call my shot then. Breaking news, any league that you watchin'. Pop culture, Mr. Green got him flockin'. Start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot then. Start a pot, start a pot, start a pot then. I am now joined on the Stir the Pot podcast by
1: two guys that I know pretty well. That would be my dad, Fred Green, and my older brother, Trey Green. How y'all guys doing?
2: Doing great. Thank you. Doing good. Happy to
1: be here. Excited. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm glad y'all are on. This should be pretty cool. I have them on today because it's uh, segment two of the new segment that I'm having on the show, where I have a fan of every single different NFL team come on. And I just want them to tell me why they're a fan, how they're a fan of their team, and just outlook on their team's free agency, their draft, and upcoming thoughts on their upcoming season. So, I mean, seniority rules in this house, so I'll start with my dad. How and why are you a Giants fan, and what are some of your earliest memories as a Giants fan?
3: Uh, It it goes back to my dad. Um, I remember as a young boy, uh, the NFL was blacked out in the local market in New York, so he couldn't get the games. And then we lived on Long Island. He was originally from New York City. And he put a rotating antenna up on the roof with a large motor on it. And he would aim that at New Haven, Connecticut. And he would get the Connecticut station. And we were able to watch the Giants games, which are blacked out in New York. And that's probably my earliest memory. And that could be 62, 63. 1962. 19- yeah, 1962, <laughs> 1963, 1964. So hold on. Was that illegal? Uh, It might have been, (laughs) but he's no longer here, so he can't get in trouble. Perfect. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so he would, you'd you'd watch the antenna actually rotate on the roof and it would go to Connecticut and all of a sudden it would hone in and then the channel came on and then we would watch the Giants. Some nice HD? Uh, Not HD, (laughs) black and white. Uh, We didn't have our first color television that I saw until the Super Bowl Jets
2: Colts, number three. Is this one of those TVs you had to change at the TV, no remote? No, no remote. Fred was the remote. (laughs) You were the remote. (laughs) We were the remote, yes. Junior. So that was old,
3: and that's before, obviously, uh, the AFL. And so it was Giants, Redskins, Giants, Eagles, the old-time rivalries. And that was my first introduction.
1: So, Trey, what about you? What are some, I mean, obviously we're from New York, but, I mean, we moved to Texas when we were still young kids. We had the option when the Texans came about to switch to to be a Houston Texan fan, so... Explain to me kind of where you felt like and, you know, where you were at when the Texans, uh, you know, became an expansion team and why you decided to stay and be a Giants fan. And also, like, Dad, what are some of your earliest memories as a Giants fan?
2: Yeah, so when we moved, I think I was five and a half, six. So, I mean, um, I definitely could have easily switched, but uh, it was kind of fun growing up and having that New York mentality and kind of owning being a new yorker and that was one way for me to attach to that and keep that going i guess and to this day it's one way that i can kind of grab hold and say yeah i was born in new york i'm a new york sports fan and so for me i enjoy that and also the ribbing from all the friends and stuff like that of being a new york sports fan makes it more fun it's no fun being a uh me too copycat houston fan i do like the houston sports teams but they're definitely a Uh, two on my list. Um, But then, yeah, growing up in the house, I mean, if I probably would have been a, you know, the Oilers left, so the Texans were till 02, so there was that gap. Mm -hmm. The only other option was really to be a Cowboys fan because that's what saw on TV. (laughs) And if I was a Cowboys fan, I think I would have been in the garage. And that was before the man cave, if you've seen the house. So, Yeah. um, yeah, so every Sunday, just watching New York Giants football, I think Fred may have been the first guy to have Directv in Houston. I in the mean, NFL package. In the NFL package, <laughs> so um, he had to have that because you know he wasn't watching the Cowboys. I
3: think we got it through Brazos Valley TV somewhere <laughs> way down in Brazoria because Directv wasn't they didn't have they didn't have
2: a local Directv office. Yeah. Um, And then one of my first, like, very vivid memories of watching the Giants was actually Giants-Vikings 1999 NFC Championship game, and we blew them out 41 to nothing. And my favorite player at the time was Randy Moss, which is weird that dad let me wear a Randy Moss jersey. I actually had one. I had my Randy Moss jersey on, but I was rooting for the Giants, and I think I was probably 10 you know, but I definitely remember vividly blowing them out. I don't even think we were favored. I think it was definitely a upset. Um, and then obviously the Super Bowl we got hammered, and I remember that very vividly also.
1: Yeah. So. That as those are some of my earliest memories as well. I remember that game extremely well. We were over at Mike Hibson's house. Mm-hmm. We watched the game. At halftime we went out in the street, played some football. I remember the game being somewhat close a little bit when we left and we, you know, went outside and threw the ball. And we came back and it was like thirty one to nothing. We didn't know what the hell happened. It Jerry was Terry Collins. And then, you know, we, we advanced to the Super Bowl, played the Ravens and we got stomped. Yeah. It was terrible. Now but though that was my first season, like as a Giant fan that I vividly remember. So with the draft that just happened a couple weeks ago, um, you know, for the people that don't know us, we are Giants fans, like we just said, but we all have different outlooks on the Giants. We we think differently about the Giants, but at the end of the day, we, we want the team to win, but we think there's different ways about going about that. And I think we're all in agreement for the last couple of years. We have not been executing that plan correctly. So... You know, with the draft just happening and the Giants taking who they did in the draft, we'll start it up with Trey this time.
2: What do you think of just the first-round pick? I love it. Um, I think it's about time that we actually truly invested in the offensive line. You know, we tried—when was the Eric Flowers pick? Five years ago now? Five years, yeah. And obviously that was a bust, but when you take someone, you get excited, and you think— you know, I thought it was a reach at the time. Turned out it definitely was a reach. He was a bust. But you were still excited that we were at least trying to improve the offensive line. Yeah. So all you can have as a fan is kind of blind optimism that the pick work at, works out. And obviously the second round, you get a huge steal with the safety. In theory, we got the best offensive line because we had the first choice. And then we got the best safety. Yeah. And in the third round, we got this offensive tackle out of UConn, who's yeah. a developmental guy who I think will eventually start in year two. Once Nate Soldier's gone. But I love the draft. I think Gettleman has done a great job in the draft.
1: Yeah. At least in the early rounds, for sure. I mean, he got he got his Saquon Barkley and he got his Daniel Jones. He got yeah. a lot of heat. And I mean, I criticized the Daniel Jones pick at the time. I thought we could have probably waited until we had our second pick in the first round at 17. Or maybe we could have moved up from 17, maybe to 12 There's to so take the pick. But so rumors coming around that somebody was going to come
2: up. And it could have been Giants. Those could have now. been Giants. You moves. never know. You never know.
1: But, I mean, if you go back and look at it, we got the second best quarterback in that oh, draft. So you can't be. Who's first? Kyler Murray. Not uh, even close. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> love me some Daniel Jones. The league adapts. Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, Dad, what, what do you think about what the Giants did in the draft this year and I, the past I, couple I, years? I
3: think he's done a very good job in the draft uh, this year. Uh, with the big tackle and then the safety. Uh, last year with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. He's also went after Lorenzo Cardo, Sean Jimenez, guys that I think have Slayton in, in the fifth round. Darius Slate in the fifth yeah. round. Um he's, linebacker Conley. Conley before, before, he, got, before right? he got the ACL. So he's drafted well. I, I like the fact that he says we have to fix the offensive line. If you have a quarterback now, which we hope is the guy, we know we have top three running back in the league. If he stays healthy, it was unfortunate last year. Uh, I have seen people say that he could be the prime guy this year. The breakout of the whole league is Barkley if this line gels. Can't build everything in one shot. Uh, the defense needs work. We got some good guys. They're young. He did sign some guys. If We'll stay on uh, free agency uh, with, from Green Bay. But, uh, no, the draft is good. And then this year, you could tell the Joe Judge impact. Every guy was a 6'3", 6'4", 230, 235, round 5, 6, and 7 linebackers that can run and play special teams. He said we need to overhaul the speed. We used to be the slowest team in the so league. So unathletic.
1: You I just watched, and classic. teams were running by us. They, running backs would get the edge and our linebackers, and edge defenders couldn't we contain them. We've never had a linebacker. I mean, so now <laughs> we
3: got four. And you hope that one of these guys makes an impact a little bit. And I'm really high on uh, the kid out of UCLA, the slot cornerback. He, he's Holmes. He looks like he's got that that flair, that personality to play in the slot, where you got to be right up in the. Yeah, got some swagger. He's got swagger if you watch his tape. So uh, I do think Gentlemen's done a very nice job. I could definitely see the impact of Judge on this draft. Uh, bigger guys, you know, uh, we didn't go for a wide receiver, which I was a little surprised, but that's okay. But defensively on the ball, guys that are on, maybe come off the edge, play special teams. You know, he was a special teams coach. And last year was the first year that the Giants were not horrible in special teams. And he <laughs> kept that special teams coach. Yeah. And it was good to see. I think we led the league and in one, either kickoff coverage or punt coverage. So... Uh, I'm, I try to be optimistic, but it's been hard. We've lost more football games in the last three years than anybody in football, and it's been tough to watch. Exactly. and that's
1: why I'm, you know, like I said, we're all different friends, uh, different fans of the team. Dad is a blind apologist. No matter what the Giants do, he's gonna defend it and say it was the right move, even if it was the wrong move. Whereas I have no problem calling out the team and voicing my opinion, <laughs> even if it goes against being what a true fan would be, and I think Trey, you know, my brother, is in the middle of us. He he is also a little bit of a blind apologist, but he sees the truth and stuff. like A little it. bit more
2: level-headed. I would say you shade almost towards more of a hater. <laughs> Once you get I mean, we like
1: Dad just said, we've lost the most games Agreed. in the NFL Agreed. for three years. So how hard of a hater can I really be if? You were no, just, but this is only his it.
3: third year. You got to give him. This is the say?
1: year. We yeah. have to make a jail.
3: <laughs> we cannot go three and. Tw- if he goes three and twelve, Maris said he's already gone, gentlemen. Judge is staying, but I, I believe. So, so like
1: you just said. You just said if the New York Giants have a underachieving year, which I would you know, all of us would agree would be less than five wins. We need to win at least five games next year. I think at six. six exactly. Six seven. exactly. So
2: y'all are more optimistic than me. And though so if well, we not don't optimistic we'll get there, I think that's the goal. You have to get to six or seven wins. Right. Or Gettleman's gone. Or Gettleman's gone. Okay, okay, so how how happy is a
1: GM gonna come into a team where the head coach is one year under the under his belt? Most GMs like to come in and hire their own head they coach. Know. That's how you do things in the so, NFL. So then maybe he has five years. And this year, just maybe we get to, you know what I'm saying? I think, it, I think Dave Gettleman has time. I think we could win three games next year and we might keep him. Do so you, think, you Jets, think he's tied to Judge? I think they're tied to each other. I think Gettleman has persuaded the Mara family to somehow believe in him and say, Joe Judge is my guy. Give me two to three years with him and let me see what happens. That's just what I think. Do you Listen. think it's
2: possible he didn't have the choice of the last head coach, and he had more of a impact on this one on who he chose? What do you think? Because that's the no, only reason why I think I, he still has a job. No, I think he liked Shermer, uh, but and I like Pat Shermer.
3: I think he's a good officer. With Shermer always the bridge guy. Uh, you know, you usually get to get to fire one coach and then you get the second one. I just don't think he was a head coach. And I know what I read and, I, you know, came up with, they were not happy with his assistant staff. They did not see the growth in a Will Hernandez last year that they thought they would see. You know, Shepard's got to get better. Things, uh, we got to teach more. Uh, Leonard Williams. I know Marshall is very much against Leonard Williams. And I am on the other side. You don't find number six picks in the draft at the age of 25 That can play. And I only know he played eight, nine games, but he was by far the Giants' best pass defender, uh, rusher, and run stuffer last year. So now you put him with a new coach, and you got the big sexy in there, Dexter Lawrence. I do like Lawrence. And now you got some makings, and then you got Dalvin Tomlinson. So now you got him, and you got Will Hill, and now we can stop the run. We got to stop the run. We got to play ball control. We need to
1: rush the passer. And as
3: my guy Tanner Nels came on and said the show about the Texans, we do not heat the pocket up at all. No, but tell me who was the the pass rusher on the Patriots? And they had the number one defense in the league last year. Kyle Van Noy.
0: Yeah, Van seven own. to eight and a half sacks. A well, lot. Of
3: it, a lot of it can be scheme. It can I mean, be scheme. It and, can and be. And that's scheme. why the defense coordinator's gone. And they so didn't like that, supposedly. I mean, what's his name? Jimenez is a rookie. Third-round pick had four-and-a-half sacks last year. Yeah. So maybe does he take the jump to six, six-and-a-half, and this kid maybe from Green Bay? We need know. to bring back
1: Marcus Golden. I don't know how possible that is, but he led the team in sacks at 10. He's, come,
2: he's coming back.
1: You'll, I mean, you would hope so, but I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more money. He well, had he ten sacks last Gave year. him that tender, so I
3: mean, if he has until July to sign with another team.
1: Yeah, well, he he's on our team. team
2: for a certain percentage for one, one year. He played
3: hard. They said he was good in the locker room. I, I don't think he's worth ten million, but I think he's worth more than four. Yeah, and that's what he'll get. Ten, ten sacks think, is a lot. It is, and and, and and I hate to say, they were coverage sacks because we didn't cover well. But there was sometimes, you know, the, but he, he he never gives up. So uh, I don't have a problem with him. If he did come back, that would be a bonus. And he's not old. Um, so, yeah, you try to be optimistic. It's a tough division. Um, but, you know, I remember when you know, we were the guy and everybody else thought we, you know, it was a tough division because of the Giants. So it'll come. We just got to be patient. we got salary cap space next year. You pick up an impact. You know, red edge rushers don't grow on trees. You know, I don't know what, you know, and then if they do, look at Clowney, $20 million, He's still home. 17, 18. I'm not a Jadavian Clowney fan. I watched him on the Texans. And I thought he was only good because Watt made him better. Um, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to look at. Um, I'm just, I wish the Giants would embrace who they are. It seems like finally we're starting to do that. I mean, we picked a running back two years ago in the first round, and we didn't draft any offensive linemen in the following two drafts. I like, that's what I like Hernandez. about this first. Hernandez, yeah, and he's he was good as rookie year, but like you said, he took a step back he last did, yeah. year. And yeah. that could have been due to coaching and the offensive line coaching. I like how we, we brought, brought in the guy from the Dallas guys. Cowboys. Right. He had, yeah, he brought in a lot of guys that like Lyle Collins. A lot of guys filled in on that Cowboys offensive line and you know did a pretty serviceable job and that could right. be attributed to good, to well coaching. So I think what we need to do, like we have been doing, is invest in our investments, which we finally did. Mm-hmm. We got an offensive lineman in the first round to protect Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. and Daniel Jones. So with that, and you know, we're hoping that this guy, you know, you pick an offensive lineman fourth in the draft, that guy better be wearing a gold jacket one day. That's what he they also, always say,
3: right? Yeah. Didn't Gettleman say that? When you yeah. pick as be- high up as we have, you, you should be... Especially the
1: first position of the draft. He was uh-huh. the not the only the first tackle, but the first lineman. He's got to be a
2: five-year-old pro guy. Yeah, You yeah. watch his tape. He, he looks, looks like a beast. He looks, Ten years ago, it was, it was a slam dunk. You picked out an offensive lineman in the first round, or f- top five picks... He's a starter, he's an all pro by year two. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of misses recently, Mm -hmm. and that's scary. And I think that's more, that says more about the college game going to more of a spread versus, you know, Mm -hmm. the NFL type of game. Now, the NFL is going more of that spread technique type of thing, but I mean, Especially in the East, Tyrone Smith, I, mean, I know yeah. Trent Williams is gone and Jason Peters. They had stalwarts at the left tackle. And we always kind of were interchanging them out. So hopefully this guy can be. You look at the 49ers last year, they they ran the ball. They yeah.
3: got a good old line. We need
2: to have the best running attack in the NFL. Yeah. And that's just going to help Jones. I mean, and it's going to help our receivers who are not, we don't have a number one. We have Level like three two's. twos, yeah, and that'll help them get open because they'll see more man because they're having to stuff that. And box, it's time right? for Evan Ingram to step up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and uh, he's the one guy that can be a one. Yeah, I mean, he, if he if he's, he's just open. as talented as Kelsey and Kittle, Absolutely. Yep. Uh, as yeah. far as athletic wise, right, not There's a blocker, no. yeah, uh, but, but he
3: a got receiver. a little better. But if we can keep him healthy, that will make the receivers better. Yeah, and that is key. The other uh, we need a center. And I know that they they like this kid out of the fifth
2: round from Oregon, but he never played center. I know it, and that's what I'm getting he's, back to. He's cross too. training. You get first. what does that mean? I don't know. So we're gonna train you at center and guard. This whole time, he said during the draft process, he's been training at center. Okay. But if he can play, if he can play a guard and center, and he as good as he's, he's a, a good run. If you look watch the like good old lines. Travis Frederick, center, yeah. the guy on
3: uh, the Saints that just left. He retired after many years. Was a good center. The guy yeah. on. Atlanta, uh, Clack, I think is his name. they center and he's thirty one. He's got one more year. Mac Back. Yeah. You, I mean you gotta have a center. You gotta have yeah. the guy that leads the offensive line and right. it's gotta be the center. And the last center we had was like Bart Oates. Right. O'Hara was Sean good. Sean O'Hara was good. Yes he was. And then we had the David Boss. We got the from the forty yeah. nine. But we haven't had a center. And if you don't have a center, yeah. you watch the good teams. They come up what's the
2: guy on the Eagles? Kelsey. Yeah. That guy's in charge. Yeah. He he runs the whole show, and well, so you need one. What makes me optimistic about him is there's a guy on Twitter. He played for the Giants, Jeff Schwartz, mm-hmm. and he, he always dogs the Giants. I, hate, I, I, I muted Giants. him on Twitter because I can't listen but to his tweets. But he praised this pick. Because he he's from Oregon. Yeah. I know. It may be a little bit of a homer deal, but this guy never missed one game. Man, he's a mauler. And he said he could play center. And we, that's what we want. So if that's true and this guy doesn't get praise on the Giants, he said it was a great pick.
3: And I think Spencer Pulley will be okay. Uh, We went last year when we went to the game against the Texans. He played center that day.
0: Yeah.
3: 77. I mean, he's not an all-pro, but he's serviceable. He can at least bring leadership to a young quarterback. Yeah. Uh, He's been around. And and to to, to have Jones now get under a rookie center is a lot to ask. So maybe Pulley plays six, seven, eight games, and this kid takes over. Our leadership's coming from Ziedler. Yeah, Ziedler's the guy. And Gates, they're high on Gates. They think Gates can play center. Yeah. So we'll see. So if the offensive line
1: is better, which, you know, we have to only think it will be, what are some things that you guys want to see Daniel Jones do to take the next step?
3: Ball protection.
2: Yeah, fumbles. Fumbles, fumbles way too time. much.
3: And that's because he was holding on to the ball and he was trying to make a play mm-hmm. and we weren't open. And then, but he did have a bad habit of keeping that ball low. You could see it. and you know, the good rushers, they're coming in with that one hand move. But uh, I love the fact that he brings an element that he can run as evidence in that first game last year, I think it was against Tampa, two rushing yeah. touchdowns. Boom. And so that opens up something. But I don't have a problem with interceptions out of a young quarterback, but the fumbles, if we can
2: if we can cut those down, yeah. better pocket presence for sure. Yeah. And like stats-wise, it's hard to say because the stats just come now in the NFL. I mean, Mm -hmm. guys throw for 300 yards all the time, so it's not even that. It's definitely got to be turnovers, Mm -hmm. um, poise in the pocket, I want to say. don't want to see him bailing out. And then it's hard because you don't really get to see when you watch the games, the reads and things like that. And then I don't watch the coaches cam, obviously, so I have no idea. So it would be interesting to see if he's fumbling the ball because he's hanging on too long because he's missing the first reads, or is it just the guys aren't open? Mm -hmm. And that I have no idea. Yeah. I hope it's they just weren't open and he's going through them and he's getting screwed by the offensive line not being good. But. And now Judge comes from New England.
3: And how many times did Brady check down to James White – Right. That was something okay. I did not
1: like about Daniel Johnson. Eli Manning, he threw the ball 90 times to Saquon Barkley his first year. And mm-hmm. it seemed like that was a part of our offense that was going to translate to every year.
2: Barkley was going to catch 90 balls. And he and what, he'd catch 45 balls this past year? And he was hurt, and mm-hmm. Saquon was on my fantasy team, and that's through me. <laughs> I expected him to get a ton of <laughs> catches and points. So if he's healthy, and
3: now you have Ingram, and then you got Barkley out of the backfield, those three number two receivers should be—you yeah. You can't you can't double any of those— and now you got this kid, the guy Dion Lewis, and I'm really high. I hope this kid out of Maryland, Javon Leak, the free agent, I've seen some tape on him. He's explosive, a little guy, a scat back. I mean, for old-time Giant fans, is there anybody listening to it? You know, talking about Dave Mega type player, spark off the bench, Bradshaw type player. You know, somebody that gives a little burst, catch the ball out of the backfield. We And we need to use screen passes. We, Eli, for whatever reason, was not a good screen pass player. Uh, you watch some of the teams that really can do it. It's an effective weapon, and we didn't do enough of it. I think that's
2: also having a mobile offensive, offensive line can <laughs> get yeah. out and, and get in front. I think I mean, Ziegler can get out there. I don't know. And I don't know. Enough. I don't know Hopefully nothing.
1: these two young tackles,
2: I mean, they seem athletic on tape. Right. And here's the wild card that a lot of Giants fans, I feel like, aren't talking about. So we have Jason Garrett as our offensive coordinator, and who the hell knows what he's going to do? I don't know.
0: It, well, I mean, I'm the Cowboys sure are happy to that. see him
2: gone. Cowboy fans. Everyone you talk to. And now he's ROC, and I'm, you know, that's the wild card. Of the I like world. the way the fact that how much Ezekiel carried the ball, though. Yeah. And he caught passes, and he yeah. would catch screen
3: passes, and they were good at it. Yeah, um, to Get back to your old mentality. When the Giants won the Super Bowl, and I was there against the Buffalo Bills, And we we didn't have a chance, supposedly, and we did ball control with Otis Anderson. Ball control. If you remember the end of the drive in the second quarter, the opening drive in the third quarter, the Bills never got the ball. And I think the NFL is reckoning that and realizing that. You're seeing more teams wanting to run the ball.
2: you got all these smaller linebackers in here who are made Mm -hmm. to cover, you know, tight ends and slots and things like that. So look at what the Titans did in the playoffs with Derrick Henry. Uh, It just wore people down. Absolutely. I I agree.
1: And something, you know, if I'm going to put a little giant spin on the Jason Garrett hire, you know, one day I'm left, one day I'm right. You know, I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but, you know, there's, no, there's not going to be any offseason practices. We're right. going to get right, right. back to ha- – right when we get back, we're going to have to be ready for the preseason. And we have a young coach, a coach that's never coached an offensive unit before and called plays. Mm-hmm. So to put some giant spin on it, I'm going to say we got the most experienced play caller that was on the market mm-hmm. for a coach that had never handled an offense by himself, so, you know, by himself. So I think that's going to benefit the Giants. I think he
3: has seven, eight former head coaches on the staff. Yeah, some guys from the SC, You know, guys that he's been around, and so he's. I I like his staff. I don't know them, but he's when definitely you, got names. He's got some names, yeah, and he, he's got all guys Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Right and well, but some guys are not head coaches.
2: Fred, people did say Freddie was a good, you know, he earned coach. that coach yeah. by the way what he did with Baker as an offensive right. coordinator, and when he did the interim job, he's so, tight ends, correct? Yeah, tight ends. I mean, we got the guy Brett Bielema, He's a head coach. Yeah.
3: Uh, you know, you can go down. He's got a bunch of them. He, he dipped into some Mississippi State people, I believe. He brought people all along with him, So. Uh, I like the defensive coordinator guy they brought from
1: Miami. He had those guys playing hard. They weren't a talented group, but they played harder than anybody in the
3: league. And they absolutely they did. They won five games last year, and they were trying Nobody. to lose. They, they were trying to tank to lose. the two. They think it was 1-15, right? Yeah, 2-14, and 14 and they still get them. And, uh, so we'll see. But, yeah. yes, I think Graham will be fine. Special teams I really was happy with. and Now, Judge is a special teams guy. He needs to be a head coach, and that's what we, we need of- to get away from an offensive coach. We had McAdoo with the headphone on. The head coach has to be a head coach. He has to be all encompassing. Um, Can he bring that
1: hard nosed, my way or the highway type of attitude to these
2: players in 2020? Especially if we're not winning, that's really hard. You got to have guys buy in. I mean, winning cures a lot, and people will put up with a lot. You look at you know the Patriots. I mean. Rob Gronkowski wasn't coming out of retirement to play for Bill Belichick. And they were and the, winning. And they were winning because it's hard to play for guys like that. So if we're losing, right. There's a shelf it's going to be hard. But you I don't you probably get a, a two or three year gap as a coach. Well, you know, guys speak
1: about him. They say they love him and they love playing for him. But the impression that he's given everyone when since
3: he's spoken to the media is, I'm a hard ass. Yeah. I think it's passion. Yeah. I think the dude is passionate. I think he, from the interviews I've seen, he he's not intimidated by the media, uh, which is good. He's been in New England, and that's the same type of market up there in Boston. Yeah. It, you know, he's not coming from Green Bay or something where you get two cameras. They got a bunch of people covering sports in Patriot Land. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's been exposed to it, and he also worked for Saban. And, and if you're a good coach, you take something from everyone that you work for. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited. The little bit I saw, if, if, he, if he, we, just, we didn't have spark. Uh, uh, we weren't, you know, and I don't think guys have to be jumping up and down all the time, but you just have to have that quiet and, and confidence and play hard. And I think he will do that. He sounds to me like a teacher. That's what he said. He wants to be a teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of young guys.
2: Yeah. We don't have veterans,
3: so we have to
1: teach. Yeah. One guy that, you know, hasn't been getting a lot of buzz from the guys that we drafted is the linebacker, safety, slot corner we got out of Penn State, Cam Brown. Mm-hmm. I think he he's an he's a Swiss Army knife. He's like a Kmart version of Isaiah Simmons. He can play all over the field. He can rush the he can rush the passer. He can guard. He can play. He can drop in coverage, and he's a good tackler. He's six five. Mm-hmm. He ran a little slow in the
3: forty, which made him drop. But when you watch his film, he's all over the field. So and we have a coach from Penn State on the staff. So this guy has been he knows him. So um, maybe he is the guy. And, and you know, years ago. Penn State was linebacker. U. I I mean, yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. You many guys, and then Miami was the, you know, the line. But uh, and Penn State's got a good program, and, and I think he can be a, a jack of all trades, maybe inside guy, drop
2: outside a little bit. So we'll see. You look at all the good teams in the NFL; they get contributions from their fifth, sixth, seventh right. undrafted free agents, and the Giants have not had that. I mean, for years we had a first-round pick that was good. Second was bad. Third, They were off the team in two, three years. You Although
3: know, was... we, we talked about the other day, Kevin Boss, mm-hmm. right? That draft. That was how the... many how many guys did we get out of that draft? That was
2: Jerry Reese's best draft. It propelled we us to the Super Bowl. on the seventh round. round. And then he never Steve Smith never hit again. Draft. Maybe. Yeah, he was. He was a rookie. He was uh, our second yeah. round pick. I, mean, we, I think we had five guys contribute from that class that put us over the top. So if we're going to make a leap, one of those linebackers, I and mean, it's the yes. Penn State guy, that's huge, Have well, to have to contribute. So...
3: If the kid at the cornerback contributes at four, and you get one of those linebackers. We need three of those guys that we picked this year to be starters. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think that's Mm -hmm. that's wishful thinking, but surely possible. Yeah. So, with all that said, the Giants, you know, in Vegas have a (laughs) win-loss over-under at six and a half. I know you guys aren't really betting men. You bet before, more so dad than Trey. You know, we play fantasy football for money, but... If you
2: had to go to Vegas six and o oh, six and a half over under, where are you going, Trey? I looked at the schedule the other day and it's it's brutal. I think we talked about it. I could see them going four and six, five and five, being very optimistic in the first, uh, I guess, ten games. Obviously, before the bye. the room is like, oh yeah, we're going over for sure. I mean, I think six and a half is a tough number. I think six is where we finish. I really do. So I would take the under probably.
3: What about you, Fred? There I go again, being the guy that's always on board. The blind huh? apologist. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't bet, but I'm going seven. I'm going over. I think we got some makings. I think we have a full year of Barkley, well, and, and who knows on injuries? You get a full year of Barkley. You get a full year of Golden Tate. You got Slayton. You get a full year of Ingram. And we piece together a defense and that, you know, we don't give up 30. We don't. We can't expect to go in and beat teams 31-28, 34-30 can put that pressure on the guys. We play a little ball control, we play some defense, somebody gets hurt on another team. I mean the Redskins, the Eagles are gonna We to gotta go get tough. two wins out of the Redskins. Yes. Yeah, you gotta beat the Redskins. And we gotta split with one, either the Eagles or the Cowboys. Yeah. We you cannot go get all and four. No, no.
2: We gotta get one of those yeah. games. And uh, That's true to the division is such a big piece. Like what's yeah. happening to a deck? Is he playing? Is he not playing? Is it gonna be Andy Dalton? And I don't think it's a far drop off if it's Andy Dalton, no. but I think Dallas has
3: some serious questions
2: on defense. They lost
3: a lot. Of, uh, the Jones guy. They mm-hmm. lost one of the uh, D lineman guys. Uh, they didn't replace them. Now, C D Lamb is a whole nother ball game. But uh, I, you
2: know, Dallas could probably beat. How much better 35, the offense be? They were already like number one. Mm-hmm. Dak threw for what? Four thousand, five thousand.
1: No, are I mean, good. yeah, no, you know,
2: so. so
3: I'm going over at seven to answer your question. I I think that's a good number. Seven and nine this year, and then maybe next year you spend a little free agency, and then you get to eight and eight. And then anything happens, nine and seven, you get a wild card, and and then you're on your own. Are they doing the expanded playoff this year?
2: I believe they are. So nine and seven could easily get you. That's what I was
1: going to say. It might be
2: eight and
3: eight.
1: If we need to be at a point where in week twelve or week thirteen we are competing
2: at least for the last wild card spot, or or competing to be in the hunt, so we have to be five and five going to the bye. Right? Right. I mean, that's you have to. Sure, if you're going to do that, because then Mm -hmm. then you've got six games left, and because and the giant fans are good fans, that
3: stadium will be rocking. You guys are good when you're winning. Well, they're good fans. Those it's last couple t-
1: years, it's been empty. It's
3: MD. been tough.
1: been tough. tough. We haven't been winning, which means they're good fans when we're winning. winning. We've been,
3: we haven't <laughs> been winning for seven years. <laughs> I mean, after that Super Bowl in 2011, it's been a long time. We had that one playoff, and then we had our friends go out on the boat the night before the game. Not <laughs> <laughs> the night before;
2: The Saturday. The
1: Literally game. seven days before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They had a day yeah. off.
2: They flew uh, to Miami, They yeah. then came home. And they were all on time to practice. It's just the New York media ran so, with it, and we got killed. Yeah. So it if they would have won, then nobody would have yeah. cared. They went on a boat. They would have went on another boat. Victor Cruz really needed to step up and put a, put that to an end and shouldn't have let that happen. He was the He's the one of, who kept his shirt on, though. He was the veteran of that group, though. He shouldn't yeah. have let that happen. I think that's what got him I cut. the Cruz is not keeping Odell Beckham in line. But Nobody they all went. Is keeping but they Edell all went. went. I know. It. And, and who knows whose idea that was. But if you're the veteran of the group with a Super Bowl championship ring and it's the playoffs, mm-hmm. you're like, look, guys, this is I just have, This
1: wasn't your first time in the playoffs. Yeah.
2: You know how big of a deal it is. And yeah. even if it wasn't a big deal he should have known playing in New York with the way the New York media is that it's going to be up. a bad deal. Phones, bad up. deal. Yeah.
1: Phones up, no pictures. So just to talk about it quickly, I know it's happened over a year ago, but he's arguably one of the best players. You know, He didn't win a ring, but one of the most entertaining and star-struck players that would play for the Giants, and that's Odell Beckham. I know Dad feels a different type of way about it than we do You because, know, once again, he's a blind apologist. Giants say, Giants do. I do. That's that's his motto. But, Trey, what do you think? I mean, what were your initial thoughts
2: when the Giants traded Odell Beckham? And how do you feel about it now? I was super upset. That Christmas, my, my wife got me a signed Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> uh, helmet. Now i got to look at it every day, and I don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was my favorite player. I mean, he brought excitement to a Giants team where we weren't very good. We never I th- saw something like that. I think he had helped extend Eli's career. 100%. Uh, that 11-5 and 5 season doesn't happen without Odell Beckham. I don't really – behind the scenes, who knows? Obviously, the off-the-field antics weren't ever really bad. There was that one video where there was a little bit of a substance that you could argue <laughs> was, was blurry. It was pizza crust. Well, like no drunk driving, no uh, abuse, no anything like Never that. Never arrested. Anything was, that happened to him was more self-inflicted by him Pretty as Madonna. far as attitude. Yeah, like a T.O. type of thing. Oh, who did who did he go on the network with? He had just signed the five year, n-
3: five year ninety million, and he yes, was interviewed he had, by somebody, and then he he just didn't. I mean, you so, way on ESPN. And he said Monday something about it that guy. pissed yeah. me off. That, yeah. that, that I that was agree. the one that broke the co- straw's back. We we gave you the money, we gave you the contract, and yeah. then you you know did you, you want to go to, to LA. Long yeah. time. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. So,
2: yada,
3: yada. most electric play the Giants have ever had. Yeah, never seen anybody like that. Old time Giant fans, is anybody out there that'll say, "Well, what about Homer Jones"? So go, I don't know if you could even find something, but he was a burner. But Odell was uh, – it's a shame because uh, he could have had the city in his palm of his hands. Yeah, he did. I know it. And, but, I mean, on long term, he could have been one of those guys that goes and wears a gold jacket, one guy, one team, whatever. And I know it doesn't happen often. He could have been a giant for life. Yeah. He's- and I think the Giants would have loved that, it, but they were looking for some leadership and he didn't show it. Yeah. When you give that guy not even that guy, when you
1: give a guy that type of money at a position where it hasn't been proven that giving a receiver that type of money has been successful, the least you could ask for him to be is a leader. The yeah. company man a little
2: bit. But yeah. every teammate of his has came out and defended him. There isn't one guy who has ever said he was he was yeah. awful in the locker room. He was a distraction. He you know, it was a bad influence on the young guys. Everyone always said he worked his ass off and he wanted mm-hmm. to win. He just forgot that he was in
1: the media capital of the world. Yeah, and- but he also did it his way. I never liked how you know when Eli would get the band together in the off season and take his wide receivers and tight ends yeah. and running backs down to Duke. Odell never went. Yeah, yeah, one time in his years as a Giant, it was an excuse after an excuse. One time he had finger surgery. One time he had to go to the dentist. It was just right. I think Odell wanted to be a Giant. But he wanted to be a giant on his terms. Right. Probably right. And when you want to be a giant and you want to be the face of the New York Giants like Eli Manning was, there's a way you do that. And Eli Manning showed you how to do that. He gave you the blueprint. And I know Eli Manning and Odell Beckham are personality-wise complete opposite of the spectrum. But he showed you how to run the city of New York as a New York Giant. And Mm
2: -hmm. Odell ultimately failed, in my opinion. Yeah. If he plays the game the way Julio plays the game, as far as attitude and the approach, mm-hmm. he's a giant for life. Yep. I mean, Julio has led, laid, laid down the blueprint of how to be come in and be a dominant receiver, get your money, and stay on one team. Yep. I mean, the dude just just works. And Odell should have copied that, and it's a shame. 100%. I will say, though, we definitely got the better end of that trade looking back with what other teams have gotten from receivers. Yes. Especially in our hometown, Houston, Texas, with – Bob running the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, a uh, uh, overpaid running back and a second round pick, and then the Texans also gave up a fourth round pick. I mean, we got a first, and then they combined the trade, and we got Ziedler, I mean, we got a lot, and we were able to get rid of Olivier Vernon's yeah. contract, and a third, and Jabril
3: Peppers. Yeah. who I don't know how. there's the another old guy. What do you talk about Jabril him. Peppers? I I think if he he was our best player last year in mm-hmm. defense until he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, he has a role. He he is an in the box safety, and now with McKinney covering the center field and going all over, I think you can see. Uh, but he can cover better. He than can. Collins can way. Cover. He is a much better player than Landon Collins. Absolutely. No, I mean, he's. I I mean, can I know. Just... I,
2: there's a guy we didn't even talk about. What if that guy is healthy? He wasn't healthy last yeah. year. Getting off the rails here. I think our secondary, our two weakest positions, was O line and secondary, and I think both got improved dramatically. Mm-hmm. And I think our secondary has a shot to be okay. our most improved and one of our strongest position groups. If Bradbury is a player, Bradbury's is a player. He's God, got a,
1: Baker he's,
3: takes a step. Baker's another guy. He got a whole season under his. We belt put room.
1: some equity into uh, the defensive back position. We need,
3: we need some payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beal, Ballantine,
1: and. Uh, you can see Terry. that we're following the New England method on defense mm-hmm. because I mean I don't know how much people know James Bradbury, but he is a bump and run mm-hmm. physical corner, six foot one, two hundred pounds. He wants to get your his hands all over and you. So does Baker. In the That's same cool. way with Baker, they I mean, are we were playing corners. Baker off the ball last year. Yeah, we were not putting him in his strongest suits. Those guys are bump and run corners, mm-hmm. and I think that benefits a team that lacks.
2: Pass rush, quite honestly, like we do. So much time in an offense nowadays. And if you can throw that off just a half second, second, you're making a huge difference. And he succeeded in the NFC South where you're going against Michael Thomas, Mm -hmm. Muglio, and Mike Evans, and Godwin down there. And for him to come out and get a big contract like that because he succeeded against those guys – and Gettleman drafted you know, him. And he we, knows him. We had no answer for Cooper last year. Marty and Cooper, Cooper destroyed us. And
1: what it, I know Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, the Patriots, is an absolute beast. And he's ten times the player James Bradbury is. But, but he, he wasn't sunk.
2: before he got to New England.
1: Yes, but and exactly. And they put him in a position where he's best. Bump yeah. and run. When he got his hands
2: on Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Good coaches put their best players, and chances to succeed. And if our coaching staff can do that... take. Judge has said that's what he's going to yeah, do. If you can take what they're best at and let them do that only, let them focus on that, they'll succeed. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'll be. I'm upping it. I think they're going to win 10 games.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, this is just the last thing I
1: want to go around, just a fun thing. If everyone could just... Name, I know we said some of our earliest memories, but just a favorite memory as a Giants fan, whether that's because we won, or a favorite player, or just a time or a game that you went to, or something. You know, we've been to a couple Giants games together, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure we've ever been to a Giants game that we lost. I mean, we went to the Houston game this past season. We won. We went to the Giants Cowboy game in yep. 2011, yep. and I'll start it off. That was my favorite game because if you don't know, the Giants played the Cowboys in 2011. It was probably like week 12. The Giants were one loss away from being out of the playoff picture. Like it was, it was getting ugly. People were talking about it in the media, Coach Coughlin being fired. Is Eli done? Like things were not looking good. And the Giants scored, I think, with about a minute or two minutes left. And then the Cowboys come down, and they're setting up for a field goal, and we're going to lose the game. It's about a 45-yard field goal, Mm -hmm. a chip shot. And somehow, before he blew off all his fingers, Jason Pierre-Paul got in there and blocked the kick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We went crazy. (laughs) Giants won the game. There was a lot of
3: Giant fans around. We we,
1: we were in a Giant section in AT&T Stadium. And as we were walking out, we were like, 30 minutes ago we were ready to fire the staff and, and then if you just think three months later we won the super bowl that was my favorite giant memory we were up in dallas we went to the game we won we won the super bowl it was
2: great so whoever wants to take it next talk about that just their favorite memory well you kind of stole my thunder there because that was going to be mine because i think <laughs> that's probably the one of the best games i've ever been to as as a sports fan in general whether it's college football or pro football and two, just being a Giants fan, in which we don't get to experience a lot at a game. Um, so I'll go with the 2011 Super Bowl win. Um, not those seven, the 2011. And that we were in college and everybody was rooting for the Patriots. We had a Super Bowl party and all my buddies were like, screw you, Trey, we're going Uncle Tom, we're going Tom Brady. And I was like, all right, guys, we'll see what happens. We had like multiple TVs set up. And one of the TVs was on delay, so we had to unplug it. They were ruining the game for me. And when we won, I just went crazy. I mean, you're in college. You're having fun. All your buddies were against you. Um, So that was probably one of the most – I mean, that's definitely top five for me, definitely. Um, First Super Bowl against the Broncos. We were so bad for so
3: long. They would fly planes over – and tell people not to go to the games. We had people wearing bags, and then it was just it, There were some lean years there, and then to, to get there with Phil Sims, who we drafted out of Moorhead State, and people were like who is Moorhead State, and and, and you talk about a draft where people are booing. Oh my goodness! And uh, to get there with that team and Harry Carson and Lawrence Taylor and um, you know Bavaro and Phil McConkey and the linemen that we had. I mean, we played good giant football there. we ran the ball. It was Joe Morris, I believe. Uh, and then to beat, we were not going to beat the Broncos. Again, there we were. And then to be able to come out of that and after all of those years uh, to win that Super Bowl, it was like, are you kidding me? with The Giants. And then uh, obviously the other ones you mentioned, the Super Bowls, the, the loss to the Ravens, but at least we were there. But that first one was phenomenal. It was amazing. Was that the time that you burnt yourself the night before and went to the... No, game? that was the one against Buffalo, yes. We had friends over the house. Man, how was that not the top one, the Buffalo one? Uh, because that was the second one. That, and that was right there. That's number two to go there. We scalped tickets. And you were there. How anything top that? Uh, the, the, the first one, it was just because we were so bad so long. But the, to go to a Super Bowl, long story short, we didn't have tickets. The week before, we beat the 49ers out west. And if you remember, there was no uh, two weeks between the Super Bowl, and I had a friend, Charlie so Rodgers, right away. right away. We got on the pl- we started. They won that game. I think Matt Barr kicked the field goal 15-12. And, of course, we couldn't get tickets. It was in Tampa. But we said, we're going anyway. But they were over that night, and we were making the girls dessert, and we were hitting, heating up caramel, caramel in the microwave. Caramel. <laughs> 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 and and uh, wow. in the microwave, and I spilt it on my hand, and I had to go to the emergency room. And I told the doctor, we're going to the Super Bowl. And he goes, you're not going to the Super Bowl. I said, we're going to the Super Bowl. So I still have the picture with my hand all ace bandaged up. We scalped tickets, but we couldn't find them. There's no internet back then. And so you're looking at ads and newspapers. We couldn't get a hotel. We couldn't get a flight to Tampa. So we flew to Jacksonville. We we, uh, rented a, a convertible with a cooler and drove from Jacksonville to Tampa. Couldn't get a hotel. Slept in a church parking lot. Game day, we're like finally, and this is out six hundred dollars a ticket, and that was a lot of money back then. And I said to Charlie, if if this uh, these are fake, because they were holographic tickets, and and they were like, if this is fake. Uh, and we told the guy we would come find him. We <laughs> handed him 12 $100 bills, and now you're in this long line because of the, the Persian Gulf War going on, security, and where the whole time we've got these tickets and we're wondering if they're real, 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 and we get in there and they scanned them, and we got through the gate, we did this huge <laughs> jump up and we, we didn't get ripped off, and then we sat 50-yard line on the bill sign. And that's a great memory, but the '86 was uh, just because we were so bad for so long. Where Where were you and who did you watch that with? The 86, a little Charlie Rogers' house in Babylon. Though. Uh, we uh, we brought a TV over to his house, a couple TVs, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes.
1: I agree. I think, speaking for all of us, which, you know, to some people it may sound a little weird, but some of our best memories in our life are around the Giants. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I know, just for me, I know I said in episode one that 2011 season where we made the playoffs at 11 and 5, me and my dad were watching every game in the garage, and it was like, we were just waiting for Odell to make a play to win Mm -hmm. us the game and more times than not he did. And that, seasons like that and memories, you know, watching the games together Mm -hmm. and going to the Texans game with my brother, his wife, and my dad, those are things that just, I'll never forget and will be some of my best memories for my life. So guys, I appreciate y'all coming on the show. This was really cool, something I had been thinking about for a while. If you guys just want to let anyone know what you're doing in your life, where they can reach you. I know my dad's a big email guy. He'll text you <laughs> that he sent you an email, so he's not really on social media.
3: Quarantining, that's for sure. Social distancing. We're all sitting six feet apart, if you can't see us. And uh, we're having fun. And uh, it is Mother's Day. And uh, I know my mom, my wife, Carol, is very happy that all three of her children were here this weekend. Uh, so that was a very nice, uh, great present for her. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all coming
1: on the show. I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Let's do it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's going to wrap things up for us over here at Stir the Pot in episode number five. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was really cool getting to talk with my dad and my brother about the Giants And just being at the ranch this weekend with everybody, with all my loved ones. You know, I was supposed to graduate and have my graduation ceremony this past Saturday. And, you know, everybody was coming up to Denton. Grandma, cousins, family. And that was ultimately rescheduled and postponed. So to be able to come down to the ranch in Welder, Texas and have everybody I love here was something that I was really looking forward to and something that I ultimately really enjoyed. But... For the podcast's sake, I appreciate everybody that listened to this episode. Like I said, I had a great time talking giants with my dad and my brother. Episode six should be out in a couple days. I'm already almost done with that. Got some pretty cool stuff for you guys coming up. Also, if you'd like to buy a shirt, just hit me up. And if you have bought a shirt, thank you. I just want to thank you one time, one time again. So for everybody listening out there, I appreciate it. And I'll see y'all next
0: time. Blood, sweat and tears, I done put a lot in. You at the top, I'ma need the top spot then. That's the rock, have court shots, poppin' Bambino at the plate, I'ma have to call my shot then. Breaking news, any league that you watchin' pop coaching, Mr. Green, got him flockin'. Start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot then. Start a pot, start a pot, start a pot, start a pot then.